Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for another time, opportunity to share your word. Holy Spirit, we pray that you come and teach us. Open the eyes of our heart. Open the eyes of our mind, Lord. Give us insight. Give us understanding. Open our hearts to receive your word. Let our hearts be good soil today. Speak to us, O God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. Um, So we going to share my screen and we're going to continue with our our um a series on pursuing your your plans the plans that you have made this year um the first week of the year pastor steve took us through planning the importance of planning the year and then um we, we, we did the second week of the year. We discussed pursuing your plan. And the third, the third meeting, we also discussed pursuing your plan. So I'm just going to recap what we did in the past two, two Wednesdays. And then we are concluding today. I'm just going to add two more points to this. And then we are going to discuss certain things that we can put on our plans I'm just going to give a general description of some of the things that we can put on our plans for this year and how to make those plans. So the first Sunday, I'm sorry, the first Wednesday, we we said that one of one of the points we mentioned was that you seek the plan of God for your life. If you're going to set up plans for this year, it is important that first of all you know what's the plans God ha- what plans God have for you because the Bible tells us that God has plans for us. And he has said in the word that I know the thought that I have of you. I know the plans that I have for you. They are good and not of evil to give you unexpected end and hope. And in 1 Corinthians as well, he said that um, eyes have not seen, ears have not had, neither has it entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for the people who love him. However, those things that God has prepared for the people who love him has been revealed to us through his spirit that is inside of us. So the spirit of God inside of us, the Holy Spirit communicates with the, our spirit, revealing the plans of God. So the plans that God has for us are not hidden. You know, there's, there's a proverb in, in, in tree that says that um, God's ways are mysterious. That it's not easy to uncover God's ways. And it's 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 a proverb in tree in, in Ghana. However, that's that is not scripture. The scripture says that God has revealed his plans to us. So the plans that God has for us are no more mysterious, but they have been revealed to us through um his spirit that is inside of us. So we seek we have to seek the plan that God has for us this year. I believe that every year. God has a plan for us. God has an agenda. God has a plan for our lives. And so we need to go before him and seek the plans that he has for us. And then the next thing we said was commit your plans to God. The plans that you are going to make. The Bible tells us when you commit your plans to God, you are going to prosper. You are going to be prosperous in your ways. So it is important that whatever plans that you have, you commit those plans into the hands of God. Gather information about your plans. The fact that those plans that you have has been revealed to you by God does not mean that you don't gather information about those those plans. You need to um, get information concerning those plans, concerning the things that you want to do. Because last time we said that those things that you want to do are not new. The Ecclesiastes tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. So what you are planning to do this year, somebody had done. In the previous years and so you can gather information about what um you are you are trying to do this year and one of the things pastor steve said was to to seek counsel from other people when you're making your plans seek, seek, seek godly counsel the bible says that in the multitude of counsel there, there is safety so you, you it is important that the people that god has brought your way you seek counsel from them one man of god said that um most of the times for our prayers that we pray for wisdom, God brings us into a relationship. When we pray for wisdom, sometimes God answers those prayers 
by bringing us into a relationship. The particular area that you are seeking wisdom, you are praying for wisdom in, God will bring you into a relationship and a person who, who, who is um, an expert in that area, who at least has walked that path before, and that person will be able to pass on what they have learned to you. So this man of God says that sometimes when we pray for wisdom, God will bring us or introduce us into a relationship. And so it's important that you discuss with other people your plans and then you gather information, you write notes from their experience and then you use that for your plan. And then the next thing we said two weeks ago was that you write down the plan. Like the Bible says that write down the vision, make it plain that he may run who reads it. So it's important to write down the plan. Reading the, the, the book of um, Exodus, God's encounter with Moses, he tells Moses to write. At a point, God himself actually wrote for Moses to carry along. And so writing is very important. And, and, and even in, in the end of the age, the Bible says books will be opened. When books are opened, the things that are written in them is what is going to be used for judgment. So it's important to write your plans, write the vision, write the thoughts. The things that you want to do. Commit yourself to the plan. You don't have to just write the plan for this year and not do anything about it and keep it somewhere. But you have to be committed to the plan. You have to be determined that you are going to, you have to decide that you are going to pursue the plan. You are going to work the plan. And then as you are working the plan, you have to be disciplined. If the plan requires that you spend Three hours reading or two hours reading or an hour reading. You have to be disciplined to be com- to, to, to um continue in, in, in that commitment that you have. Discipline yourself to ensure that you um pursue the plan with all that you have. Now, last week we saw we discussed eight points. Last week, the first one we we discussed was diligent. That we have to be diligent in whatever we are doing. And we saw the farmer and we saw the, the, the athlete and then the soldier. One thing that they had in common was discipline and they are diligent in what they are doing. And we talked about blessings, the blessings of Jacob. And we said that the fact that you are blessed does not mean that you, you must not work hard. When we talk about diligence, we talked about the blessings of Jacob. That even though Jacob was blessed, he worked. He worked very hard when he was with his uncle. And so the fact that you are blessed does not mean that you are not supposed to work hard. The next thing we said was be passionate about your desire for change. <clears throat> be passionate to see a change. Whatever thing that didn't work out well last year, and for that matter, you put into your plans for this year, be very passionate to see the change. Be passionate to see that you are going to have results. And we saw the life of the king who came to who came to Elisha and wanted um, liberation from the Syrians. And he wasn't passionate enough when the, when the prophet told him to, to stab the ground with the arrow. He did it only three times and he stopped. And the prophet was angry that he should have done it at least five or six times so that he would have totally defeated the Syrians. And so we have to be passionate. We don't have to be casual about the changes that we are hoping for or the changes we are hoping to achieve in 2024, we really have to be passionate about those changes. And, and, and with, the, with the drive of passion, all these other things that we mentioned last year, I'm sorry, last week, will, will come into play. And it will be dependent on the passion that you have. So you set deadlines for your goals. You set deadlines for your goals. Um, you don't wait to the 1st December and then... Um, you realize that you didn't achieve your goal. You set deadline. If if you're hoping to, um, let me just use this example. For instance, we, we set a goal of 100 days reading through the Old Testament. So after the 100 days, you can assess whether you were able to achieve the goal or not. But if you just say, this year I'm going to read the whole of the Old Testament, because you don't have a timeline by which you want to assess your, your, your progress, the year will come to an end at first day, but you realize that you did not achieve your goal and you did not, um, because you didn't set any timeline. Regularly assess your progress. So you assess your progress and see if you are making progress towards the goal that you have. Now, understand the season of your life. I said that um, 
if you don't understand the season of your life, you might probably set wrong goals and you will not be able to fulfill those goals. Um, we also said that learn from the mistakes of the past and the mistakes of other people. So you, you, are not, you shouldn't be imprisoned by the mistakes, your mistakes or your failures, and you shouldn't be complacent because of your success, but you learn from those ones and you build up on them for this current year. Be accountable to yourself or someone. And we said that you have to be accountable to yourself and let or somebody hold you account for the goals that you have set. Now, today, I'm just going to add two more, two more points that I had from last week, and then we'll go into the goals. So believe that you will excel. Believe that you're going to make it. Believe that the plan is going to succeed. Don't. Sometimes people make plans and they feel like, oh, I'm just going to give it a shot and see what will happen. If it works, fine. If it doesn't work, okay. People set goals that this year I'm trying to buy this or I'm trying to achieve this. But they are not, they don't have the confidence that these things will come to pass. They just, they are just hoping or they are just trying to see if it will come to pass. But be confident that you'll be able to achieve those goals. Be Believe that you will excel in those goals that you have set for yourself. As long as you follow the you follow God's plan and you know that this is the mind of God concerning you this year, be confident, believe that it will come to pass. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, that thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So God always leads us. As long as we are in Christ, He will lead us into victory in Christ. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And so you, you overcome everything that you that you face this year as long as you have that confidence in the Lord that your plans, the plans that he has for you this year, those plans that you have written down, they will come to pass. So believe that those plans will come to pass. Be confident that you are going to excel in those plans. And that takes me to the next point. Speak success. Declare success. It is important that you speak concerning your year, concerning your days. Now, if we look through creation, words played a very important role in creation. Everything that God ever created, he spoke them into being. He formed man, but every other thing he had to speak them into being. And the Bible tells us that if we we, we, we have the nature of God, and if we have that nature of God, we ought to learn that character of God, where God speaks and brings things into being. So it is important that we make declarations concerning our year. Those things we want to see happen, we speak those things. The Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So when you speak things that you are hoping for, you are bringing them into being. You are just being like God. Some people don't really um, don't want to accept this idea that you can speak things into being. But I think that it is the character of God to speak things into being. There, when Jesus Christ was on earth, every time he encountered a situation, he spoke. He spoke to the situation. Everything that Jesus Christ ever did, he spoke to those things into being when the people that jesus healed he had to use words and so let's it's not just being positive um just making positive declarations but making declarations from the word of god speaking those things that you want to see speaking those things that god has said and um um, verbalizing them and bringing them out of your mouth that increases your faith in the fact that those things will come to pass. And that is the nature of God. And it's important that as people who believe, we um, we speak things that we want to see happen in our lives. We shouldn't spend our time focusing on things. Most of the times we spend our minds on the things that we don't have, the negative. And therefore, we rather use our imagination to imagine negative things. I remember one brother said that he was feeling some pain on his side. And quickly, the only thing that came to his mind is, what if it is cancer? That was his imagination telling him that because of the pain he's feeling on his side, it could be cancer. So you, you instead of allowing that imagination, rather speak what the Word of God says, that you are healed by His stripes. And that helps what you say 
cancels what you are thinking. So if you are thinking negative and you begin to say positive, the positive that you are speaking cancels the negative that you are thinking. So let's speak the word of God. Now, I I I made um I was trying to just give a guideline for goal setting in general and and this is just um probably some template that we can use or an idea of setting goal. So I put it into three categories. I I I said God family and finances and of course you might have other areas that you can add into it so i have the god category the family category and then the finance category so we are going to first of all speak about the god category category that is the plans that you are you are setting concerning the kingdom concerning god concerning your relationship with god that is what i just put in the god category so i just want you um this can be like a a format or maybe a template that um, can be used to 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 um, to set goals, and it's important that every year as believers we have goals that relate to our relationship with God. There might be other goals that goes beyond the three that we are discussing today. However, I just we're just going to um, discuss these three today. But one of the things that will be definitely important for every believer is. That every year you have to set goals that relate to your relationship with God and how better you want to become. Our goal is always to look more and more like Christ, to become better believers so that we are not stagnant, so that we are not complacent and we don't feel like we have arrived. We always want to challenge ourselves to become better Christians. If we are listening to two messages every week or three messages every week, we want to challenge ourselves and go further it's okay, we're going to listen to four or two messages a day. We want to listen to now, we want to listen to three messages a day. We always want to move up, move forward, and not remain at the same place that we are. So, one of the, the first thing that I put under the God category is consistency in prayer. I believe that one of the challenges in our days is being consistent in prayer so that prayer doesn't become something we do as and when or whenever we have the opportunity, but we we remain consistent in our prayer. Con- I, I, one of the things that I, I've learned is in the past is that being consistent in prayer is, 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 is um, contribute to your growth and even the um, your, your faith in prayer and strengthens you in the, in the ability to pray. But if you are not consistent, then whenever you start praying, it's like if, if you are speaking in tongues, you, you, you start praying for like an hour and you find yourself that you are you are struggling to actually concentrate on the prayer because you are not consistent. When you hit the hour mark, that is when your um, attention or that's when you, you actually become attentive to praying. And usually at that hour mark, you have you, you have already brought your prayer to an end. However, if you pray like an hour every time, then you remain consistent and it's easy for you to pray. So one of the things or one of the goals that we can set this year with regards to the God category or our relationship with God is that we'll be consistent in prayer. The Bible tells us in Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. And in Luke chapter 18, Jesus Christ told a parable and he says, men men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So there is a tendency to lose heart when you are praying. There's a tendency to give up when you are praying. And so Jesus Christ actually told this parable. And from from verse 1, the Bible says that the reason why Jesus Christ was telling them this parable was so that he will alert them and make them aware that they always have to pray and not, not lose heart. Some people have said that the, the goal of this parable was not that <clears throat> the people should continue praying and that they don't have to pray for so long for God to respond to their prayer. But in an introduction of the parable, the parable makes it clear. He says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So the reason why Jesus Christ spoke the parable to them was so that they will pray and they will not lose heart. So, I mean, there have been recent interpretations that seeks to say that because God is not a wicked judge, 
God is not um, going to let you pray over and over and over again before he answers you. And so that's not the, the message in the parable. But however, when you read the first line, the main reason why Jesus Christ was telling the parable was that they always have to pray. They have to be consistent in prayer. And, and a very popular parable that we've discussed um, when we did the series on the parable. The Bible tells us about a certain judge, a man, who did not regard men or did not fear God. When you are, you are dealing with somebody who has a, a, a fear or a respect for men, then you know that just because of the regard or the respect they have for men, you know, there are people who call themselves human rights activists. And those people might not necessarily be committed to God. Some of them will even be atheists. But the fact that they are human rights activists, they seek to, um, um, they seek to make sure that um, there is justice. Even though they don't have regard for God, because of the fact that they, they, they are seeking human rights or equal rights for everyone, they fight for justice for men. But this man didn't care about human beings and didn't also respect God. And so this man actually, there was no way he will have pity on anyone or there is nothing that tickles him to do anything for this woman. But the Bible tells us that this woman went there over and over and over again. And because she went there several times, the man said, let me just avenge this woman before she just weary me with her continuous coming. And then Jesus said in verse 6, Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry day and night to him? So Jesus Christ was given a metaphor and an idea that when they cry day and night, it means they cry consistently. When they continue to call on to God, he's going to answer them. And so God is going to respond to our prayer as we pray over and over and over again. So one of the things that we have to set, or one of the goals that we can set in the God category as I've named it, or the category that relate or that um, consists of our relationship with God is that we'll be consistent in prayer this year. Consistency in the word. So we want to also be consistency in the word. Prayer and the word. Um, last time, I was having a discussion. I think we have having a discussion with Lily and we said that everything else, Christian life comes down to these two things that we learned from Sunday school. Read your Bible and pray every day. Very basic, very simple. But everything depends on these two. Read your Bible and pray every day. The apostle said we will give ourselves to the word and to prayer. So if we're ever going to mature, if we're ever going to grow, if we're going to grow into the image of Christ, we cannot do away with the word and prayer. This simple song that we learned from Bible school is actually, I'm sorry, from Sunday school is actually true. Read your Bible and pray every day. Very simple, very basic. But as we grow and grow in Christ, sometimes we find out that even these two basic things, sometimes we are not able to do them consistently because of the affairs of life, because of the things that we're doing. But if you think about the whole thing, if you're going to grow in, in Christ, if you're going to mature, it's these two basic things. Read your Bible and pray every day, like the Sunday school song says. So this year, so one of the things we want to do is to be consistent in the Word, reading the Word, reading Christian literature, listening to preaching, listening to messages. I was just listening to a man of God um, this afternoon, and he said that sometimes pastors get to the point where they don't listen to anyone. They don't listen to any other person. It's only their message. So they are always reading the Bible and preparing a message. But he said that before he he makes sure that he mentioned the name, names of certain men of God, that he always he is also always listening to them. That as he's preaching to people, there is somebody who's also preaching to him. So it's a good thing for us to be listening to messages. Because the Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. One thing I've seen is that God has distributed his gift in a way that if you want to build, if you think about any area that you want to build your faith in, you can find somebody who talks consistently about that area that you can start listening to, to be able to build your faith or your knowledge in that particular topic. And God has given this gift to us. And so 
we, you might not be an expert in everything, but there are people who God has given a particular assignment to strengthen the people of God in a specific area. So it is important that we listen to other messages. God told Joshua that let the word of God, let the book of the Lord not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And so when I read, some time ago when I read this passage, the first line when the Bible says, let not the word depart from your mouth, but the next thing he says is, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So there was some kind of, the understanding I had is there is some kind of connection between your mouth and the meditation. He says that don't let it depart from your mouth. It means you should continue speaking it, but you shall meditate in it day and night and observe to do what's what is written in the Bible says, then you shall make your ways prosperous and then you shall have good success. And another verse that I like so much in Colossians says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. So the word of God has to dwell in you, has to live in you richly. And if that is going to be possible, if this, these two things are going to be possible, then you have to be consistent in the word, in study of the word, in reading the word, in listening to the word. So two things that I mentioned, two things that I've listed in the God category when it comes to setting your goals for the year is that you you consistent, you be consistent in prayer and you be consistent in the word. And um, I forgot to mention earlier. So when you are setting the goals, you want the goals to um, be measurable. You want the goals to be specific. You want the goals to be attainable. And your goals have to be smart. So, for instance, if you are saying that I want to be consistent in reading the Bible, then you are saying that, okay, I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to read at least one chapter every day. That is your goal. So you can measure one chapter every day. So if you don't read that one chapter, you know that, okay, then I'm lacking behind. I didn't read it. So I have to cover that one chapter. And so if, if, if you just say that, I'm, oh, today, this year I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to make sure that I read a lot of the Bible. Because it's not measurable, you will not see if you are making progress towards that goal or not. And so the goal has to be measurable so that you can see your progress and you can see when you are not making progress or where you have um, some catch-ups to do. And so um, that I wanted to mention that before we go into this. So another goal under the God category is to be more like Christ. I believe that as children of God, as people who are followers of Christ, the ultimate goal for all of us is to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Not more and more like any other thing or any other person. We want to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And so Paul said his prayer that he prayed for the Galatians church is that Christ will be formed in them. And this is a prayer that we have to pray for ourselves and for people around us, that Christ will be formed in them, that they will see that we'll see the resemblance of Christ in us. And that takes me to the, the fruit of the spirit that will bear the fruit of the spirit and we'll have God's, the nature of God more and more in us. And this also can be part of the goals that we set for ourselves. We might, so far as the fruit of the fruit of the spirit is concerned, when you look at all those words, there might be something or one of, of the things that you, you feel like, oh, I have to do better in this particular area. You set that goal and work towards it that you want to do particular, maybe in, in faithfulness, in kindness, in long suffering. And, and at another time, I was thinking about joy, that the fact that joy is the fruit of the spirit. And unfortunately, from, I mean, what, this is from my thoughts. When I was thinking about it, I was like, a lot of people, even Christians, don't really have joy. Even though joy is the fruit of the Spirit, a lot of people don't have joy. They, have, they are happy when things happen. But the joy that comes from within, the joy as we describe it from Scripture, most people don't have it. And so the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And I think that, this this probably could be a goal that I want to I want to walk in joy I want to be joyous in everything that I do I just because honestly looking at I look at the lives of a lot of people and I see that really joy is not something that you see commonly with a lot of people but however the Bible says it's the fruit of the spirit and so 
under the God category, one of the goals you can set for yourself is to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And then under the God category, again, you can um, set a goal for your work in the ministry. All of us have a calling. And that's why I added the scripture from Corinthians. The Bible says, for if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Or if the ears should say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he has pleased. For, for if they were all one member, where would the body be? And so this scripture tells us that as children of God, all of us have a certain role we are supposed to play in the kingdom, just like our body that plays every part of our body plays a different role and so if you are not doing anything in the kingdom of god if you're not doing anything in the body of christ it means your that part of the body that you represent is not functioning and so when people talk against the church that oh the church is not perfect the church is lacking the church is this the church is this usually it's because they those people who are talking are not playing their role and the church is not what it's supposed to be because you who is criticizing it, you're not playing your role. But we are all members of the body and we are all supposed to play a certain role in the body. And if all of us play our role in the body, the church will become better like Christ wanted to become. The Bible says that minister, he gave ministers to, to us to equip us, to equip the saint for the work of the ministry. So every believer has something to do. There is no believer who is idle. There is no part of the body that should be idle. Every part of the body must be engaged in the work. Every part of the body must contribute its part. And so we need to set up um, goals. When we set our yearly goals, one of the things we need to mention is our work, our, our, um, our contribution to the body of Christ. And that should include soul winning. Soul winning. Because individually, we have to set goals that we are going to win souls. We are going to touch people. And Jesus Christ said, Go ye into the go, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. This was to every believer. And if a whole year we have not touched a single soul, we have not won a single soul, then we are not fulfilling this mandate. We are not pursuing this goal. And so this should be part of the goals that we set, that we are going to win souls as part of our relationship with God or the God category. And then giving. Giving. We need to also set goals in increasing our, uh, um, our giving, that we don't stay in the same place. We don't continue to give the same amount of money. But as we are believing God to, to increase our wealth, as we are believing God to increase our finances, as we are setting goals, know that when it comes to financial goals, everybody will set a goal that, oh, I want to see Im- improvement in my finances. As you are hoping to see improvement in your finances every year, then you should also set a goal to increase in your giving, in your reaching out and in touching people. There is a great blessing in seeing how not I mean not only giving to the church but giving to people who also are in need. There is a great blessing in seeing that God depended on you to answer somebody's prayer. Somebody was praying for something and God trusted you. God spoke to you to give this person that thing. And to for you for you to later I, I mean I had a similar testimony where somebody was going to um, somebody was praying to God for 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 something, and and I just finished my devotion, my my morning prayer, and God laid on my heart to just send the person something. And when I sent it, the person called me like two days later, and he said, like he was really praying, and there was a medical emergency that he had, to, he needed money, but that money just came in at the right time for him to be able to, and I was so grateful and so glad that God had confidence in me that I was going to be obedient to do what he's telling me to do. And so giving to other people, it's a way of you partnering with God to answer somebody's prayer. Somebody's praying about it. 
and God is going to use you, work through you to answer that prayer. And there is so much joy in being, um, in knowing that God can depend on you and can instruct you to do something. The next category that we can set goals in is family. So I said, um, God, family, and finances. Those are the only the three categories I included for this this um, for this evening. Family. I believe that one of the goals for our families, all of us, is that we want to be able to lead our family to God, to bring our family closer to God. We don't want to be. We don't want to um, be apart. Where one member of the family is on fire. Or going this direction, another member of the family is going the other direction. What what will bring us joy as believers is that together as a family we bring our families closer to God. And one testimony that God gave about about Abraham is that he said, "For I know him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord." So God had confidence in Abraham that Abraham was actually going to lead his his household to come after the Lord. And because of that, God said, I'm not going to hide what I'm about to do from Abraham. And so all of us, one of our goals is that we are going to lead with regards to family goals, is that we will lead our family members and bring them to God, that they will all follow the way of the Lord. And that breaking down, breaking down this means that you're going to have devotions. You're going to share the word of God. You're going to pray together. You're going to do like the things you do in church. You're going to do them in your home as well so that you grow together as a family in the presence of God. Praying together, reading the Bible together, sharing the word of God, discussing the word of God. All these things help with um our family goals. And there could be other family goals apart from this, but um, I, I just pick a few points just to set, to use them as an example. And also, the next, one of the things that I saw as very important is praying for the salvation of your family members. And this could include the extended family. Um, sometimes we could, so we could be so busy working in the kingdom that we forget that some members of our family are not saved and we have to pray for them. So this should be part of your, your prayer points that you pray about, that members of your family Will be saved and then the bible talks about supplying the physical needs of your family your physical the physical needs of the family might be like their emotional need spending time with the family going out hanging out with the family or whatever physical need material needs that the the, the family members will need that will also be part of that will be a good goal for and the family category. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, but if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So the Bible actually expects us as believers and as children of God to provide for our family members. Um, as, um, as listening to a man of God who was given an example of how ministers can be busy ministering to other people and they will probably forget their own family or forget their own children. And they don't put the same effort in sharing the word of God and making sure that their children are developing in the word of God like how they um, how they contribute or how they spend time and make effort towards the development of other people. And so it's important that we set these goals for our families as well to ensure that um, we provide for the physical needs and the spiritual needs of our family. I believe this is the last point that I have um, as far as the goals are concerned. That is the finances. So the goals um, earlier on, um, those who joined later, I said that um, for the year we can set goals under t- three categories. And I just I just gave a few examples. It might not be the same thing that you set for yourself, but you can set goals under three, three of three different categories, and that is the God category. That is the goals that bring us closer to go, um, to God, and then the family category, the goals that you have for your family, and then um, your finances. There could definitely could be other areas that are important, like education, your career, and all those things. But I just chose these three um, for our discussion this evening. Now. One of the goals that you want to set for your finances is um, making the best use of your resources. 
wherever you are, at every point that you are in, in life, there are resources around you. Even though to you, you might, you might look at them and say they are not enough, but there's definitely something around you. In fact, most people think that there is no enough resources available to them, but there is definitely something around you. God expects us to make the best use of those resources, to maximize those resources. I was listening to Miles Morrow on, um, sorry, I've forgotten the, the title of the message. And he said that God, when God instructed Adam, he was telling Adam at that time to maximize that the word, the meaning of the word work was that God wanted him to maximize what he was giving him, to maximize the time, to maximize the resources that he was giving him. And that was, he was explaining work and he said that's what God was trying to tell Adam. So God expects us to maximize our resources and the things that he's made available to us. And then one financial goal you can also set um, for this year is your savings. You want to be able to increase your savings. Um, just like you increase your giving, you want to be able to increase your savings and investment. So I I was listening to, no, not a podcast. I was listening to, I think it was an advert. And, and this young guy who was 16 years old said that he's making $50,000 a month in passive income doing e-commerce. And I'm like, oh, then I also have to do research into this e-commerce. <laughs> If <laughs> if this sixteen year old guy is saying that he, he's making oh this is with um Dave Ramsey and the sixteen year old guy called and said he's making fifty thousand dollars a month doing e commerce. I'm like, oh then really this year I have to research into this e commerce thing <laughs> So this is it's one of my goals this year to do research into e commerce. <laughs> So um, investment, that says, by the way, to, um, to support the investment um, um, point. So, you know, so as, as such, I'm looking at this investment, how um, the stock market can fluctuate and all your investment can just go down. And so it looks like there should be, because I, I just listen to people's stories of how they are making money from other sources. I, I need to be able to understand how the process is working out there so that I will be able to benefit from it. So that's one of my goals for this year. And then, of course, everybody, every every time we want to look for avenues where we can increase our, our wealth or our finances. So um, it, it can be part of your goals too. Because one, one of the things that I've seen is that things keep changing around us. And things that were not so much monetized in the past are being monetized now. Like right now, a lot of people are on social media who are influencers and they are making money. A lot of these guys are doing this um, this video, how do you call it? Just video, doing anything on, on, on video and then putting it on social media. So some of these things that were not monetized in the past are being monetized now. And um, they are the point I'm trying to make is that different means of making money is coming up now. And so we can we cannot be stuck to the same old method that we know. But as we are living in this generation, <laughs> Master Jess, <laughs> can see that. <laughs> Master Jess, you are really enjoying this part of the message. <laughs> as we are living in this generation, we have to be able to, um, how do we take advantage of the things that are available around us and not just be the ones the ones that are patronizing those things, but we, we can also um, look at those avenues and see how we can also invest in or take advantage of the opportunities around us. So I think this is the last point. Um, yes, this is the last point. If there are any questions or, I mean, any contributions on planning or anything with regards to the plans for the year that anybody wants to add on, please go ahead. We still have a, a lot of time, so. No contributions, any questions, or any other um, ideas about planning for the year?
or if you want to share how you go about your planning for the year with us too, we can take a note or two from it and then add to what we have. This was very powerful. I've been very blessed. I've, I've, learned, I've learned a lot. You know, I, I like how you broke it down to God, family, and analysis. And I, I really like, especially um, the way you broke down the board parts. You know, sometimes when we think about uh, this smart upgrading, we, we just think that is a corporate, but you can also use it as a gauge. When you want to go spiritually, have timelines for Bible reading, have timelines you set for, you know, maybe you want to spend, you want to block some amount of hours just to pray all that. So, very insightful. I've, I've enjoyed the whole series. God bless you, Pastor. Roberts. Amen. Yes. with Pastor David. Didn't really really good. I, I really like it a lot. I like how you broke everything down. Um, all your points are I mean, solid. I, I think this is personally um, it's the same stuff that I use, right? So when um, I'm planning or like I want to improve, right? I think all of us as Christians, I think that that should be something that all of us do, I hope, right? Because uh, God says that he needs to glory to glory from deep to deeper. So um, if we're in the spirit and we're, we're with God, I think it's a desire that all of us have. So with that said, you know, God wants your, so your whole life, right? So something that you definitely pointed out. It's your whole life. It's uh, your relationship with God increasing there increasing in your personal being. Maybe you have an anger problem. Maybe you have outbursts of rest. You throw temper tantrums when things are go, don't go your way and you're realizing that it's not healthy. You have an unhealthy way with dealing with rejection. You have an unhealthy way with, and you're noticing it because you're walking with God. Um, and those are good things, you know. Um, so the only thing that I would, that you kind of hinted it uh, a little bit, especially when you talked about um, understanding the season of your life, uh, you also have to, we all, we, we, because um, that's something I do. You, we have to understand uh, more of how we work and how we operate and not go against that grain when we're making a plan, yeah. right? Because then you set yourself up for failure on mm -hmm. your own. Yeah. Do you know? You get what I'm saying. Yeah. You you gotta know you and what works for you, mm -hmm. right? So if you're okay, just a small example, right? So some people are high energy in the morning. Some people are high energy at night. So if your plan is to increase your time with God, then don't do it in the morning, because. <laughs> You're just setting yourself up. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So look at your evening plan and see how you can um, fix it. What, what things can you move around? You know, look at, you know, another thing that I'm doing right now is just seeing like uh, sometimes our energies go up and down depending on the type of day that we're having. Mm -hmm. And so planning out the day based on that right and not feeling bad about it and then using taking advantage of other days where you know that i have time off let me focus on uh, if you're writing a book let's say mm -hmm. let me try to be a little bit more um focused that day but you had you made a point of it being consistent so even even though like you said it's kind of five five p.m let's say you want to sit down and write if all you could do is five or ten minutes at least you sat down at 5 p.m yeah. for five or ten minutes right because because what, what you said is powerful that that consistency sometimes is what will um eventually stretches us out yeah yeah 
So that's something. So that, that's the only thing I will say is like, don't go against that grain of how you're built and who you are when you're planning and, and not um, kind of uh, set yourself up to, to fall. That's all. But I, I, re I really enjoyed it. You had so many solid points. I took home some stuff myself. Um, and some things were like, just like a refresher for me. Like, you know, like I haven't heard it in a while. You know, it's different when you, somebody, you hear somebody say it versus you just telling yourself, right? Um, yeah. it, it's really good. So God bless you, Pastor Rob. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Jess. Um, any, any other contribution? We have, a, we have about 10 minutes more. Right. Okay. Um, so I got a question. Okay. Yes, but Mister Hifat. Yeah, my question is: you talked about joy. I, I'm trying to figure out what is joy. I mean, I know what happiness is when mm -hmm. I got things going on well and everything is okay. You know, you're happy. You know, you come home, but. For me to be joyful, I don't know, what, what, what is that? I mean, now, can you explain that? How am I going to experience, how, not how am I going to experience joy? What is joy that maybe, I don't know the feeling for joy. Mm -hmm. Is it different from happiness? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it on to Pastor Jess and Pastor Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me just I'll comment first and then I'll, I'll I can pass it on. on. So I, I believe that um, hap happiness, like you said, happiness is, is things happening to you. Happiness is based on the things that happen around you. And it's a reaction to the things that are happening around you. But joy is joy should not be a reaction to anything. Joy is within. It comes from within your heart. And, and that's why I said that from my observation, I feel like most believers don't really experience joy because if joy comes from within you as a fruit of the spirit, joy is not dependent on anything that is happening around you. You are just joyful. You are just, you just have this um, inner excitement um, or this so, something that's similar to what you feel when things happen to you that makes you happy. But this time, it's not dependent on anything that is happening around you, but dependent on your relationship with God or dependent on your knowledge of God. It's just from within and shouldn't be dependent on anything else. I believe Pastor, um, Pastor Steve and Pastor Jess will, will add to that. Well, um, I think you said it all. Joy has more to do with... Um, inward excitement and contentment and when we are talking about joy we are also talking about content so um happiness has more to do with the happenings around you something external has to happen mm -hmm. for you to have this pleasant reaction joy is independent of all the factors they could announce hey fuel prices are going up you, you have this poor contentment and this joy in you. Like, well, if you read the book of Philippians, look at Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. The circumstance with which he was in, he shouldn't have even written a letter to the Philippians. Yeah. Yet, he wrote to them about joy. Mm -hmm. He was in jail, fasting the stocks. And then when you are thinking about jail, maybe because we live in this part of the world, our understanding of jail can be a bit fuzzy. This is even more luxurious. In Paul's day, if you were in jail, you were really, like, it's not pleasant at all. Yet, he had this contentment, this excitement about him. That's what joy is about. And, you know, you can only become joyful when you have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's why it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's not anything natural that you can do on your part. You can't prop yourself mm -hmm. up. You can't whip yourself up. 
you you can't let a motivational speaker motivate you to be joyful it just is just organic when you have this continuous relationship with the holy spirit the offspring out of that relationship will be joy amen 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 Just to add more to what the both of you have already said, uh, the first time that I experienced joy, you know, I had just I was I just started, um, you know, following Christ. You know, I had, I had just gotten saved. Maybe it was maybe a year in, and I was kind of learning more and more about God and learning more about Christ. And I remember. One day, I just woke up in the morning and I had this, I haven't had that before, so why you, right? Because I'm just new to the faith and I'm just starting to, but I had this sense of like what Pastor Stephen said, I had this sense of contentment all of a sudden that I have never had in my life before. And nothing was really perfect you know, necessarily, but I just said to myself, wow, God is with me and everything is going to be all right. And um, that's the way I can explain that joy because from joy, right, no matter your circumstance, because it's a, it's a spiritual thing. So I think we get confused that we have to feel something mm-hmm. and it's not a feeling, it's not an emotion. I think it, it's a spiritual thing. It comes from the spirit, it's a fruit of the spirit. So um, it's fr- from that joy and that contentment comes happiness. You make yourself happy no matter what. That's how you know you have joy inside. That's how you know you have contentment from inside. And it's not fake, it's, it's a genuine thing, you know. Um, I think some of us have all have experienced something like that where things aren't going right, you know, but you sit down with God, you pray, you prop yourself up, and all of a sudden you have this sense of it's gonna be okay. That's joy. You know, I, I think that's the only way I, I could properly uh explain it. I, I like the, the point um, uh, Pastor Jess and Pastor Steve made on the fact that you can you can experience joy through your relationship with the Holy Spirit. That answers my question on why I feel like most believers don't really experience it because most believers don't really spend time with the Holy Spirit. And we don't really make time to really even know the Holy Spirit I think this is one of the reasons why we, we I mean when you had when you just said it, it just clicked in my mind that probably that is the reason why most people don't even experience that joy. So yeah, I really liked that um your contributions on that. Um um Mr. Hibbert, um does that answer your question? Um, you are muted. Oh yeah, I was asking if if your question has been has been properly addressed. Oh, yes. so it's, uh, the way I understand it now, it's, it, it's not a feeling. It's more of a. I mean, not necessarily a feeling, but I don't. It's hard to explain. I think the only way I can explain it is by like you feel content. Yeah. You okay. know, you might not, you didn't get the promotion or you didn't get the job or you didn't get whatever you were looking for, but still, it's not like, oh, okay, you, you feel sad about it, but yeah. you have hope that it's going to be better. I mean, it's going to be better. It, you know, yeah. that's not the end of the world. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right. Shall we pray? Um, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the opportunity 
to gather here, steady your word. We commit our plans for this year into your hands, Lord. We pray, Father, that you grant us the grace, Lord, to pursue these plans and to see them, to see um, these plans come to fulfillment. We pray that anything that we are believing you for this year, even any testimony that we are trusting you for, we will have that testimony. Our hands will handle that testimony and we will testify that of a truth. God has been good to us in the year 2024. We give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I will hand over to Pastor Steve.